Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. What's good, my friends? This is the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. It's Offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel, and we are the Fan Upstate rolling on until 7 o'clock p.m. today. Thrilled to have you guys with us. Could not do it without you. Um, so we've asked you guys, buy or sell college baseball as the second most popular college sport over the next 10 years. Do me a favor. If you're listening to the show right now, just text us buy or the, the word buy or the word sell 71307. Just start your text with the word fan and away you go. Buy or sell college baseball as the second most popular college sport in the next 10 years. Years. There's a ton of momentum. Eight of the top 25 in D1 baseball's preliminary rankings are from the states of North and South Carolina. I think that makes a lot of sense. The song goes, You want to go where everybody knows your name, right? That's what the song says. So the best players go where it's a big deal. And it's a big deal here. Eric Backich goes from Michigan to Clemson to do that here, right? There's a, I, I feel the momentum. You know, once I learned, and I'm ashamed to say I didn't fully know the college baseball format in the postseason since I moved here, once I learned it's essentially exactly the same as March Madness, I've been asking myself, okay, well, professionally, and professional baseball and professional basketball are very, very close in terms of the hierarchy. Some years the NBA wins, some years, college, some years Major League Baseball wins in terms of the ratings. In terms of college athletics, it's nowhere close. It's 11 to 1. It is a beatdown in, uh, in, in basketball's favor. And especially getting here and kind of falling in love with the sports, I'm wondering why. Buy or sell, guys. Hit us on the text line right now if you're listening. 71307. Buy or sell college baseball being the second most popular collegiate sport within the next 10 years. It needs a major revamp of how it's covered. Um, that is the biggest issue facing it right now. There's there's so much baseball, and these games are long. So you got to put a lot of games on streaming, and it's not as easy for a lot of people to get a hold of. Now, college basketball, they put the best games on streaming, or excuse me, on linear television. College baseball, you don't get a whole lot of that. Like CBS, national is not tossing to a midweek 
you know, Florida-Texas A&M game if that's an elite baseball matchup. They're just not. College softball is a more exciting product for television. I think college softball will outpace college baseball. How about that? How about that? Diesel puts college softball first. But what say you? The Renewal by Anderson fan phone, 844-326-3663 is the number. Guy in Greenville leads us off. Guy, you're off sides, man. What's good? Hey, how are you doing today? Good to hear your voice, sir. Uh, and I, first off, no uh, baseball for me, but um, just being from the north, and you were talking about North Carolina as a state in in uh, baseball. North Carolina is also a great state for lacrosse and for wrestling, which are two two sports that are bigger uh, in the mid mid Atlantic to northern states. Um, and I'm not saying it's going to overtake baseball, but up north it it does rival baseball. And if you look at national champions in baseball, there not many of them come from the north. Whereas lacrosse and wrestling does, uh, but again, in the South, the South is, and you look at the high school level uh, in wrestling, a, a school like Eastside in lacrosse, uh, uh, Jail Man and um, Greenville. And if you look at Limestone College, which is a perennial power in lacrosse, but um, again, it won't, it won't match baseball, but it, it, it baseball will not be number two. You don't think so? Even with the momentum behind it, you know what I feel like, guy. I feel like it, largely it's just an unknown. People don't know it. It's it doesn't have the tradition behind it. But you know what, guy? We make tradition every single day, and I I do believe that men's college basketball is falling off a little bit. I do believe that men's college baseball is picking up a little bit. What needs to happen for it to get over the hump? Diesel says it's the way it's covered. Agree? Well, look at national championships. How many national championships happen in the North in baseball? None. I mean, all the teams from the North are down here playing right now. Yep. Yep. But, I mean, it's not that way in the big leagues. It's not that way in the bigs. So, I mean. Yeah, but you're talking about the Yankees. You're talking about the Red Sox. You're talking, you know, you're – that's a little different. Well, okay, of course it's different, but the, but you know the weather doesn't prevent those guys from going to New York, from going to the Red Sox, from building brands, from building legacies. The Yankees don't even have a dome, and they play up there from March through October. So I mean, I you know what you're telling me is essentially history, and I'm telling you the history in the bigs is. There's just as many cold-weather cities at Windows Northern Cities. Guy, thank you so much for the phone call. Yeah, Guy, uh, cold-weather teams are certainly at a disadvantage because they can't train all off-season in the same kind of outdoor conditions that Deep South teams can. That is just a fact. You know, it is, uh, believe it or not, it is cold in Syracuse, New York from November through March. You can't get outside and practice baseball the same way that you can in – you know, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, you just can't. But college baseball, if it's going to ascend, it has to tap into, and I think it's doing a fairly good job of this so far, it has to tap into the passion that college football creates among its fan base. And there's something really fun about college baseball and the way that it is set up. It is the most democratic sport there is in college athletics. You know why? 
because one program cannot uh, cannot you know gobble up all of the talent. Nobody on any roster in college baseball gets a full ride. So, you know, a school like Coastal Carolina, just a small school that came out of the Big South who won a national championship, by the way, they can look at an elite-level pitcher and say, we can give you 75% of a full-ride scholarship. Whereas Duke, another elite Power five team in baseball can say, well, we can only really afford to give you a 52% ride. So then the kid has to think, hmm, coastal, it's not bad. Weather's nice over there by the beach. And I get another 23% of my scholarship, my tuition covered by going there instead. And I can play baseball and I can win national championships, and I can get noticed and, and picked up by by scouts in the uh, in Major League Baseball. That's one of my favorite things about college baseball is that the big schools, they can't throw everybody full-ride scholarships. You can, get, you can get elite talent, and maybe a kid will choose to take 25% less of a scholarship to be on roster at a South Carolina or at a Tennessee because it's a big program. But ultimately, it's going to cost them more money. And I'm sure the NIL deals are not massive in college baseball, even for the best prospects. So they they have to make that decision. Am I willing to go to the bigger, better program, but have to spend more money to go to school there? Or would I rather go to the smaller program and get more of my tuition covered? I love that about college baseball. And by God, that's why I'm such a big proponent of scholarship reduction in college football, reduced from 85 to 75. In fairness, Diesel, and I know you were speaking generally, you can actually offer a guy a full scholarship. Well, you can, but, but most schools issue. don't. Here's the issue. You got a 27 players on the team. Right. And you have 11.7 scholarships. That's the max right. that you can offer. Right. So, like, if you've got, like, a, uh, a Mike Trout that coming out of high school, it's probably going to take – well, it's definitely going to take the full scholarship to do it, but you're right – Depending on the caliber of player, you might get a 12% scholarship, right. 8% scholarship. It hasn't been a money-making uh, venture for a lot of schools. The proof is that is the scholarships you have available. And so when everyone wants to try to pile on Furman and say, hey, how's that baseball team going, Furman? When everyone wants to do that, guys, you know, realize this is not a money-making sport at the vast majority of schools. LSU is actually one of the only sports – where college baseball profits. And, you know, much like women's sports have been screaming for years, if you give us a platform, you'll be really pleasantly surprised at what we'll do with it. In terms of women's college basketball, we've seen it. In terms of women's NBA, WNBA, we have not. Okay? I don't think college baseball's ever really had the platform. I think it's shoved in back channels. It's promoted like it's kind of back page material. It's not back page material here, you know, and when you actually stop to watch the product for the first time in your life, as I have here in the upstate, it's pretty freaking good. If college baseball and you you baseball purists are not going to like this, if college baseball did a better job, which they already do a better job than Major League Baseball, but they could do better than that of speeding up the game a little bit more. Man, that 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 becomes a legitimately exciting thing to watch on television otherwise it can be very slow baseball can be very slow I mean imagine two two teams 
going into the seventh inning, still tied 0-0. You've missed, you've missed absolutely nothing. You've watched 67% of the game, two-thirds of the game, and you've missed nothing. Hunt GPT had a chance to meet him yesterday. By the way, Hunt, I think you won the gift card. If your first name is Hunter, I drew, I drew out one that was called Hunter. You may have won. For, uh, you may have won $25 to your local Ingalls Markets. Great to meet you. Hunt GPT texts in and says, I agree with Diesel. College softball exceeds college baseball. Some bias here having a wife who played softball at a local college. Well, true to form, guys. Okay, just to be real, it's it hasn't exceeded it yet in terms of um, consistency. Okay, now the college softball World Series is drawing a better rating than the college World Series, the baseball World Series. But in terms of attendance, it's not there yet. Here's what I can tell you. In terms of atmosphere, it's not close, and it's in favor of softball. You know, I went to a Clemson softball game in March of last year. A buddy of mine whose daughter is, uh, you know, hoping to get a scholarship to play softball was visiting Clemson, and uh, a baseball game was going on at the same time as a softball game. Softball stadium is sold out. I think it was McWhorter Stadium. And the baseball stadium was like one-tenth filled. And then yet you post the numbers and you're like, well, Mark, the, the, you know, the baseball team averages more fans per game than softball. You know, softball has a smaller stadium. It's a more intimate stadium. And as a, result, you, you, as a result of that, you know what you get? You get a much better vibe, a much better atmosphere. You got people packed. They're right on top of the action. You got people on the lawn out in the outfield. You know, like... You got a game that is over in an hour and 21 minutes. You can play a doubleheader in less time than it takes to play one college baseball game. You know, it was Elvis that said, a little more conversation, a little less conversation, a little more action, please. Right? It was Elvis who said that. I think I got that right. Softball is delivering that. Baseball's giving us the conversation. Give me the action. Give me the action. Sign me up, my friends, for the action. Texter says, Clemson baseball wasn't good, and their softball was. I'd go to that game, to the softball game, instead as well. Buy or sell college baseball as the number two collegiate sport within the next 10 years. Coming up next, sticking with the baseball theme, I will defend somebody that you almost universally hate. My name is Mark Ryan. He is Diesel. And you're listening to the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. It's Offsides. Mark Ryan and Diesel, and we are the fan upstate. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. 
Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. It's offsides. Mark Ryan and Diesel, we are... The fan upstate. Great to have you guys with us here on the show. Sometimes, sometimes, Diesel, something happens in the middle of a show, and it, it kind of makes it hard to, uh, to continue, but um, we're going to continue that right now. We're going to continue that right now and uh, do what we do Every single day on the on the show, my, my in the commercial break, my phone just started uh, just started <laughs> blowing up, and I'm like, "Why? What is going on here?" And uh, and so you know, it's uh, it's neither here nor there, but uh, you know, you get some breaking news every once in a while, man, that just kind of rattles you, just kind of rattles you a little bit. We've got JJ Hardy joining us uh, at the very very next in the very very next segment of the show. It is awesome to have you guys with us. Here's how you can take part. You can give us a ring at 844-326-3663 is the number. Texter says, forget sports. We need more Mark Ryan singing Elvis. A little less conversation, a little more action, please. <laughs> well, it's, it's less singing, more working through the lyrics that yeah. you didn't realize you were going to need to pull out of the ether today. Yeah, no, didn't, didn't realize that at all. Hey guys, I want to uh, I want to share uh, this with you real quick. Um, you know, there is a guy that you guys almost universally hate, and I want to defend him. Okay, and that guy is Rob Manfred. Okay, Rob Manfred is that dude. He is the commissioner of baseball. Okay, um, you guys, the purists, can't stand him. The purists hate him. Why? Well, because he messed with the beautiful game that is baseball. He messed with it. And I don't like somebody who messes with it. And, you know, the problem for baseball is you guys were losing the casual fan. You, you were waving goodbye to the casual fan. So I'm going to defend Rob Manfred because I believe I like what he's doing. He's bringing the casual fan back. You know, we shared with you in the last segment that college basketball – dwarfs college baseball 11 to 1 in terms of in terms of ratings right 11 to 1 but um in terms of in terms of MLB the ratings are universally up okay this shouldn't be about the purists 80% of sports fans are casual fans 20% of sports fans are hardcore fans if you cater only to the hardcore fans what you get is hockey Hockey only has hardcore P1 fans, okay? When I was in uh, Tampa Bay, the Tampa Bay Lightning sold out every single game. The Tampa Bay Rays had nobody going to the games. But when you looked at the television ratings, the Rays drew way more. Why? Why did that happen? Um, So, guys, therein lies the rub. Therein is the question, okay? Um, Therein is a very, very interesting dilemma is that who do you want to appeal to? Hockey needs casual fans. Hockey needs Mark Ryan. Hockey needs Diesel. Hockey doesn't have us. Baseball has a chance to get us. But if you appeal to the 20% and and you ignore the 80, you're going to have an issue. 
You know, I'm always critical of sports talk shows that do this. I hosted in one market, I won't name the market, where it was like there was this competition to have this high-level stat. Whoever had the most nerdy stat that got to the next level of high-level analysis was the top dog, okay? Whoever did that was the top dog. And I'm like, man, what are we doing? 80% of casual sports fans are casual fans. You guys are trying to have, like, the most highfalutin, intellectual sports radio nerd discussion you've ever had, and people don't want that, okay? People don't want that. Bud Selig was, when he was the MLB commissioner, he was nobody's going to tell me what to do guy. Nobody wants to work with that guy. Nobody's going to tell me what to do guy. Okay? We've all worked with people like that. You don't get anywhere with them. If you want your biggest events to be big deals, you need Rob Manfred. You need him. Okay? Um, Because he is going to adapt and change and make the pitch clock. And in a few years, we're going to have automated balls and strikes. He's going to speed up the game. He's going to understand how society is changing throughout the game. You know, I was reading this the other day, and it was like, you know, it used to be there was a competition between arts and entertainment. And now there's a third more toxic time waster that is entering, that has entered this stratosphere. And that is that that is called distraction. We're all distracted. We are what's called doom scrolling on our phones all day long. Nothing grabs our attention for more than 30 seconds to a minute. Nothing does. It doesn't happen. Okay? So, you know, we look at this, ladies and gentlemen, and we look at this outside looking in, and we say to ourselves, well, Rob Manfred gets it. We're distracted. You can't just expect us to sit there in one place and behave and, you know, not be doing other things, so he's speeding up the game. That's exactly what he should do. Do the changes make baseball better? You bet your butt they do. And that's what makes it fascinating. You know, the ratings for Major League Baseball are up. You know, we've got a spring training game right now on in the studio. You, you think, I mean, I, I don't know, man. To me, that's, you know, it's, it's, it's growing. It's making a change. It's making a positive difference. You know, there's, there's a lot of good that is going on here right now. We've had a pitch timer at it. We've had limits on defensive shifts. We've had bigger bases, okay? And, you know, we talk about this because Rob Manfred is retiring in 2029, and he's not going to have a very high approval rating. And I'm going to tell you, he just might have saved the sport. Just might have saved the sport. Attendance had been down to 25,620 people from 27,630. Okay? It's now up 2,010 people a game. Game time is down 30 minutes. You don't want to stay there for a 16-inning regular season game. So what does he do? He puts a runner on second and extra innings. Guys, all of these changes are good. You know, like baseball didn't change. We changed. Society changed. That was the problem. That was the issue. Okay? That was the issue. Major League Baseball viewership up 7% from last year. Average Major League Baseball uh, television broadcasts are up to 1.5 million viewers, up from 1.4 last year. Guys, 
realize what's going on here. These changes are good. Rob Manfred is doing it. All you hear is negative stuff about him because the purists are the one complaining. But you know who's getting roped in? You, me, and everybody else. You, me, and everybody else. So I ask you guys, what is the next change that needs to take place in Major League Baseball? I'm going to tell you that it's going to be automated balls and, uh, balls and strikes. The strike zone was never designed to be subjective. Phrases like, well, the ump is really call calling the outside strike today. That's a bunch of garbage. I mean, that's, the umpire is wrong today is more accurate. It is clearly defined. Knees to letters. Width of the plate. You know, like you shouldn't have a day where the umpire is calling the inside strike today or the outside strike or the high strike or the low strike. It's right and wrong. It's black and white. It's not a shade of gray. Commissioners are paid to be hated. How much would it take you, Diesel, to work in a position where everybody hates you? Diesel says, I do it now. Yeah, we already do that. <laughs> what are you talking about? Wait, you're getting paid for this? We do it now. We do it now. <laughs> but, you know, like... Um, Roger Goodell makes over $30 million a year. Yeah. You know, Rob Manfred, I don't know what he makes. I imagine it's at least $10 million a year. All of these guys are, are wealthy millionaires. They are paid to be hated by everybody. And that's something else. Yeah, the fans can hate them all they want to, but the ownership, the people that really matter to Roger Goodell, they like him enough to keep him in power, to keep paying him. His bosses like what he's doing. Why should, why should Roger Goodell care what somebody who makes – 28000 a year thinks of the job he's doing. That's somebody making 28000 bagging on somebody making $28 million. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you guys right now, okay, can chime in with the change that Major League Baseball needs to make next. What is the next in the long line of the evolution? It's not about the purists, okay? The purists aren't going to go anywhere. You know, the purists can be full of sound and fury, but it's signifying nothing. They're still going to come back. They're still going to come back. How many of those purists are climbing over themselves right now to create new leagues of baseball that play baseball the old-fashioned way, the way that it's supposed to be played? None of you. None of you are doing it. I don't believe it. Guys, coming up next on the show, we have got J.J. Hardy, Panthers culture, Joining us to talk Carolina Panthers alongside you here on the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. It's Offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel, and we are the fan upstate. It's Offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel. We are the fan upstate. Great to have you guys with us. Here on a Friday Eve edition of the show. So, my friends, as uh, as you know, the Carolina Panthers are pressing the reset button, which they seem to do every every year or two. You know, every year or two we're pressing the reset button, and they're doing that yet again. As a video gamer, did you ever get sucked into that cycle of you try to beat a game, you can't beat it, reset. And then you get like a quarter into it, you're like, this isn't going well, reset. You got to break out of that mindset if you're playing a full season. Sometimes you just got to play and lose some games. Yeah, like Diesel, I, I it always bothered me when people did that. Honestly, like you earn the loss, wear the loss. You know, if your goal was to have an undefeated season, 
you can't do it in that season if you have a loss. You don't get to press reset. You know, in the in the early advent of online gaming, what people did was called pulling. If you were if you were beating somebody, they would pull the cord and suddenly the the screen would freeze on you and you wouldn't get you wouldn't get credit for the win. Yeah. And it, that was like the you invest an hour of your time, guy pulls the cord, you don't get the win. When he does it when he realizes he's going to take the L. Pathetic, I tell you. Absolutely pathetic. Joining us right now uh, is our guy, J.J. Hardy, Panthers culture. Um, and uh, he joins us right now on the show. J.J., what is good, my man? How are you? Great to catch up with you. I'm doing well. Doing well. Thank you for having me. And um, I, I was listening to what you just said, and, and I think David Tepper is definitely a puller. I <laughs> say David Tepper is a puller. He, yeah, he does. He, he 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 does seem to be that way. So why JJ is he playing hardball with Brian Burns? Can you explain that to me? I think I'll it's take that as a no. The... By the way, that pause. I'll take that as a no. You can't explain it to me, can you? <laughs> no, I mean I, I I really wanted to think about you know the Dave Tepper part of the equation. Uh, I do believe he's involved. And Dave Tepper said this comment maybe three seasons ago. I mean, I believe it was after we signed Teddy Bridgewater. And, you know, we had played a season with Teddy. And then I think we was going into that offseason after that season. So heading into 2021. And they were asking him about, you know, his quarterback situation. And, you know, there were rumors about us attempting to trade for Matt Stafford pursuing Deshaun Watson, um, a lot of stuff going on that offseason. They definitely wanted to move on from Teddy. And I just remember Teddy, um, David Tepper telling reporters, we don't have a $38 million quarterback problem, right? And my mental note from that was he's tracking salary cap um, issues, you know, or salary cap considerations. And so – Brian Burns, as we learned yesterday, you know, it was confirmed that he was asking for around $30 million per year. And, you know, with the salary cap being somewhere around $240 million, that's over 10% of the salary cap for the entire roster. So I believe David Tepper, being the, the business man that he is, uh, being someone that is really concerned with dollars, even though the salary cap is separate from his wealth. I believe he still is a person that weighs in when it comes to how much of the allocation is going towards a certain player, a certain position. And I believe he doesn't want to pay a top-of-the-market contract to Brian Burns for whatever his reasons are. I mean, I, I would think that he would know that Brian Burns is an exceptional athlete, um, has, you know, plenty of talents, and, you know, people around the league, you know, they see Brian Burns and, and his potential with the speed, size, um, ability to bend, and all the stuff that makes defensive ends really good at the NFL level. But the production here in Carolina does not equate to the production of the elite, elite edges um, that you know that that are household names in the NFL, T.J. Watt, Nick Bosa, um, guys like that. So I don't think Dave Tepper wants to allocate over 10% of the salary cap to Brian Burns 
I'm at this point. So, uh, so I, I think that's where we stuck. And I, and I think, you know, it's not just David Tepper in that situation making that decision, but I think he is involved to an extent. Um, and, you know, and, and there's some other elements too, but maybe we'll get there, you know, with the other questions that you may have. JJ, fair or unfair, if the Carolina Panthers are not having a visibly successful or improved 2024 season, at what point throughout the year do you see fans starting to turn on this brand new regime? I mean, there's there's all kinds of reasons to be optimistic, cautiously optimistic at that. But if the team starts one and five or oh and six, you know, a lot of that goodwill starts to go away. Uh, How much does a new coach, a new GM, like how much leeway does that buy with fans who are already frustrated with what they're seeing? I think we have a unique situation here in Carolina because of how Dave Tepper approached the off season and, and hiring his general manager and hiring his head coach and who his head coach is and what his reputation is. Right. So I think, maybe for the first time in like three or four years, there isn't high expectations for winning in Carolina. But guess what? There are high expectations for, for the offense looking better, right? You know, you have, you hire the offensive head coach. He has this reputation. You know, I think, you know, probably gets a little bit too much credit uh, for some of the things that he's done, but, you know, but he still has uh, a reputation for, being really good with quarterbacks going back to Seattle and Geno Smith and then going to Tampa this past year as the offensive coordinator and working with Baker Mayfield and, you know, kind of rehabbing his career. So he was hired because he wanted to coach Bryce Young. And if he's able to install an offense tailored to Bryce Young's strengths, if he's able to bring in some skilled players that's, you know, compatible with his offense that's aligned, you know, with his vision for his quarterback and his scheme, then I think we can be one and five if the offense looks like something that we can trust and build. You know, because if you lose it, if you one and five but you lost games, you know, twenty seven to thirty one, twenty four to to twenty to twenty eight, you know, thirty one to, to thirty five you know, it's like, man, you know, like, <laughs> we're still sorry, but at least we're scoring points. I think after last year's amendment performance on offense, I think fans would like seeing some offensive firepower, some production, some touchdowns, some excitement. Um, so I think we could lose and still have some patience from the fan base. But if we, you know, hit midway point in the season, let's say week eight, week nine, and we're one and seven, one and eight, and the offense still looks still looks as bad as it did last year under Frank Wright and Thomas Brown. Then I think everybody's going to bail because then it's. I think we have to like look at the issue, maybe not being the coaches. People are going to start worrying about Bryce Young. So with that said, JJ, um, and given that you're not going to measure success by a number, okay. At the end of next year, what does that look like? If you were to say, man, this year one was a success under Dave Canales, what is that? I think a successful year 
next year or, you know, this coming year would be just what I just said, you know, some promise. The the offense shows promise. You can can walk away from twenty twenty four knowing that we without a doubt have a franchise quarterback in Bryce Young. Because honestly, that's what I think Dave Tepper was focused on when he went seeking a new head coach. I think he wants to make sure that we have the right guy as our franchise quarterback in Bryce Young. You know, we traded up, we got to number one, we decided that Bryce was the was the number one overall prospect and, and quarterback and he was gonna be the face of the Carolina Panthers. I think twenty twenty four would be a success if you can unequivocally say that Bryce Young is the franchise quarterback for the Carolina Panthers and we believe that based on the performance that we just saw all year long. And I don't think the record has to be great for them to walk away believing that they have their guy. What does a Brad Idzik Carolina Panthers offense look like? Tell us about this guy. I know nothing about him. Never heard his name until yesterday. <laughs> there might be a reason for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think so all we have is the tape from Seattle and Tampa, right? You know, like they spent most of their time in Seattle. And, and I say they, meaning Dave Canales and, and Brad Istick. And, and, and I have read that they are like two peas in the pod, like they're guys, right? You know, so I think it bodes well for the alignment that we need in Carolina. But when I think about what his offense may look like, you know, he was two levels removed at least at all times in Seattle, right? Because Dave Canales wasn't even the offensive coordinator there. So he went to Tampa with Dave Canales, Canales being the OC and Istit being, um, you know, his, I guess, passing game coordinator, maybe. Um, so we don't know if, if he has his own scheme. I think they have an idea of how they would like an offense to look based on the offenses and the players that they've been around. You know, in Seattle, they had Russell Wilson. You know, it was around Russell Wilson for a, for a decade almost. And then they went from Russell to Geno Smith, but they also had uh, the skilled players like D.K. Metcalf and, and Tyler Lockett. And, um, and so they saw that in Seattle, and they know what it should look like if we have all the pieces in place. And so they went to – to Tampa and inherited an offense that had Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. And then you plug in Baker Mayfield into that. And so they were able to tailor the offense in Tampa to fit who Baker was, you know, what he was good at, you know, and eliminated what he wasn't good at. Canales said that he was going to tailor the offense here in Carolina to be basically, you know, comprised of what Bryce is really good at, his strengths build it around his strengths. So I think we don't even know if what they have done in Seattle and what they did at Tampa this past season is what we're going to see in Carolina because Bryce may not have the same strengths as Geno did or as Baker had or Russell Wilson had, right? You know, he's the same size as Russell Wilson, but I don't look at those two guys as having the same game. Like, Russell Wilson has a big arm, and I don't think Bryce is – game is dependent on him having a big arm so I think they'll have to like look at a lot of film so you know look at see what he did well as a rookie um, at this level and say okay 
this is what he's really comfortable doing. Let's build an offense with the routes and the, you know, and the type of structure um, and get him some protection so he can feel comfortable doing that over and over and over again, right? And then once, you know, defenses adjust to whatever that plan is, they have things built in to where he can take advantage of what defenses try to take away uh, from, from how they try to build their offense around Bryce Young. J.J. Hardy, Panthers culture, joining us here on Offsides. Mark Ryan and Diesel, we are the Fan Upstate. J.J., give me your dream draft scenario. Does it involve moving up into the first round? You know, you told us a month ago, and this seems so unlikely, J.J., but I'd be right there with you. You told us a month ago that you'd take Michael Penix Jr. if he was available. I would, too. I don't see a snowball's chance in hell that they would do that because – Tepper would allow them to do that because it would admit already that Bryce Young was a mistake. Um, but, you know, what would be your dream draft? Is it a name? Is it holes filled? I'll tell you this, J.J., I think one of the biggest mistakes people make, teams make, fans make, is when they say something like, we need a left tackle. And so they're determined, come hell or high water, to get a left tackle, not paying any attention to the fact that the left tackle they got is going to be a bust. You can't go into the draft saying we need this or we need that. You've got to get the best player available uh, at a position that you could use. And so I hope Carolina does that. What does that look like to you? Well, for me, everybody's focused on finding a playmaker for Bryce, right? You know, a, a wide receiver. And, you know, and we need players all across the roster. We need offensive linemen. We need wide receiver. We need a better tight end. We need uh, players on defense. We need defensive linemen. We need linebackers. We need, you know, probably could use a cornerback or two. So, you know, we right now we're sitting at pick 33. So if I had to stay at pick 33, then I wouldn't restrict myself to one position, but I definitely would want to take the best player at either offensive line, wide receiver, uh, and if somebody freakish like Brock Bowers, you know, for whatever reason, drops to 33, then I would jump all over that, right? So I would say just take the best player. Uh, I think I would lean offense um, just because I got a head coach who's the offensive head coach um, who wants to to help Bryce out early. You know, the rehab that situation really – I won't say rehab, but – improve, enhance that situation really early. So I would definitely go offense. I would just take the best offensive player available, whether he's a center, a guard, a a tight end, a wide receiver. I I would focus on that side of the ball. Maybe, I mean, I, I don't see a, a, a really talented running back that should go that early, but whoever's the best playmaker. Because the thing in Carolina, the reason why we are in the situation that, we, that we're in is because we haven't drafted well. With like we we haven't drafted guys on day two and beyond that you can just plug into a lineup and get um, a lot of snaps from. You look at the the two time back to back world champions and they they're starting young guys all across their roster on the offense and the defensive side of the ball. And so um, so Carolina just needs to start hitting, and that's why I think I hope this new regime focuses on best player available. Uh, more so than drafting for need, because that's how you end up doing stupid stuff like Scott Fiddler did last year, trading up to get DJ Johnson, who you can't even play. So, uh, so best player available, you know, to keep it short. 
best play available, I think, is how they should go. But I would be leaning offense um, early. J.J., over oh, the course of the season. Let me, let me add this, though. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Dream scenario, if I could, I would still probably try to see if I could get a first-round pick through a trade scenario, if I can. Um, that would be my dream. J.J., over the course of the season, and we're up, up against the break here, so I want to uh, uh, get a quick answer from you. Over the course of the season, I put together a stat that, on average, three years after bottoming out, most teams improve their win total by six wins, and that's 60% of the time, three years after bottoming out, those teams achieve the playoffs. They, they reach the playoffs. So where do you believe the Carolina Panthers will be as a franchise three years from right now? Will they be in the 60% of teams who make the playoffs after bottoming out? And there's never any, there's never any guarantee that bottoming out is a one-season thing. Look at the Cleveland Browns. So three years from right now, where would the Panthers be? I think we would be right there at uh, as a you know, right there on the cusp of being a playoff team. Um, I think we we should have improved um, after two off seasons enough to to be challenging to make the playoffs uh, consistently in the NFC South. But a lot of that just depends on Bryce Young, you know, just to be um, as as clear as I can be. Bryce Young has to be the guy. Um, because if we get to 2025 and that's still a question mark, the quarterback position, then we'll probably be resetting that position. And then 2026, 2027, you know, would be another leg of a long bottom and, and build. So um, I do think if, if Bryce is who I hope he can be, then we would be challenging for um, the playoffs and be competing at that point. J.J. Hardy, Panthers culture, great stuff as always, my friend. Thank you so much for all you do for us week in and week out. We appreciate you. Thank you. All right, take care. J.J. Hardy, Panthers culture. Check him out on Twitter at the same name, at Panthers culture is where you can get to him. Up next, we've got the top five at five, the top five biggest sports stories of the day, the top five topics we're discussing, and it's next right here on Offsides. We are the Fan Up State. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.